Welcome um, everyone who is joining us. We're so thrilled to have you all with us today for our event, Mapping Gratitude, which is a joint venture between Drisha and Atik. Um, Atik was founded by Adina Polin, who we have with us today. She is the founder and executive director, um, and it is an applied arts yeshiva based in Berkeley, California. After earning her bachelor's in music from Barnard, Adina studied at the Betzalel Academy, Hadassah College, and Midrashat Lindenbaum, and also at the Pardes Institute and the Akar Center for Creativity and Tradition. Um, and then along with her work at Atik, she has channeled her love of integrating Torah and arts into her work as a maker educator at the Brandeis Collegiate Institute, an educator at the Nisya Institute, and a maker specialist for Ada Berkeley. Uh, Adina has been steeped in the teachings of Hasidut, as well as the thing of Rav Soloveitchik from her earliest days. She believes that multi-sensory creative opportunities for Torah learning sustain us as individuals and strengthen our communities in the most textured and layered ways. Um, and she is joined by her partner, um, uh, Rabbi Dr. Ariel Evan Mays, is a faculty of Stanford University, an assistant professor in the Department of Religious Studies, and he serves also as rabbi in residence at Atik. Uh, he was previously the director of Jewish studies and a visiting assistant professor of modern Jewish thought at Hebrew College in Newton. And he holds a PhD in Jewish studies from Harvard and rabbinic ordination from Beit Midrash Har'el in Israel. Um, he is the author of Speaking Infinities, God and Language in the Teachings of the Maggot of Mezrich, and the co-editor of the two-volume A New Hasidism, Roots and Branches, along with his teacher and colleague, Art Green. Uh, he's working on a forthcoming monograph examining the relationship between spirituality and law from the dawn of Hasidism to the eve of the 20th century. Um, and with that, I will turn it over to Adina and Ariel. Thank you so much, everyone, for joining us. Thank you so much, Rabbanit Leah. Thank you. Um, so welcome everybody. We're so grateful to, to be here with you. Um, and as I said, when we started, I'm so grateful to be back at Drisha. Um, I studied there in the summer high school program um, and, and that continues to um, impact me to this day. So um, grateful to be in collaboration um, and welcome to you all. Um, and I'm also so grateful to have my parents on the call, um, who Rabbani Leah mentioned steeping in, in um, the kinds of uh, ways we'll, we'll be learning today from my earliest days. And, and they are certainly the ones who, um, who uh, provided that context um, and that learning. So welcome. Um, so we're gonna start, um, I'm gonna talk a little bit about Maker Torah, which is the way we're gonna be approaching the work we're doing today, which is a sense of um, learning, approaching a particular holiday or ritual um, experience from the perspective of saying, what is the spiritual opportunity here? And what might I learn um, from uh, our traditional texts but also through inquiry that comes from the learning that happens through making, through our bodies, the wisdom that happens um, that arises from our bodies and also from the material world. So we're gonna be interweaving those two, learning texts together um, and learning through making um, and providing ourselves with a, a visual, material, tangible mirror to wisdom um, within us. Um, and we'll be doing that thinking about this holiday that we're approaching, the holiday of Thanksgiving. Um, so traditionally, Thanksgiving, you know, is not, is not classically a Jewish holiday, but it actually really meaningfully is situated within the Jewish calendar. We've already had the high holiday season, this kind of really spirited um, 
entry into the year. Um, and we're on our way into the depths of winter um, toward kind of trying to, to bring light to that, um, to that maybe sense of constriction, cold, etc. cetera, um, on Hanukkah time. And Thanksgiving is a time within, within those, kind of a pause within those two, um, to reflect as we as we begin this pa passageway from from the fall um, into the winter time, um, and we're going to be doing some of that reflection together. Um, so the word we have been thinking about as really a focal point during this time, um, the Hebrew word that that we have um, is modim. So so modim is a word um, that points to a collection of dispositions um, that are helpful to think about when we think about Thanksgiving. Um, and so today we're going to begin thinking about this collection. Modim is a special word, kind of like the word shalom that has three meanings. So modim also has three meanings. And the meanings we'll be thinking about is this collection of dispositions that are um, very meaningful for this Thanksgiving holiday are acknowledgement, gratitude, and thanks. Um, and this one Hebrew word, modim, which can kind of uh, become in different uh, grammatical forms, hodaya, lehodot, um, there are a lot of different forms of it, but we're gonna think about this one. Modim um, can mean those three things, acknowledge, gratitude, thankfulness. Um, so we're gonna be think, begin to think about kind of what each of those point us towards. That's to you. Yeah, awesome. Um, yeah, wonderful to be here. So one of the things that we think about at Atik is Maker Torah, as we call it, and as others call it, really assumes and, um, and builds on this notion that to understand texts, several things have to happen. One of them is that you have to read the texts and you have to confront them. And that the kind of encounter with the text sparks a relation and an understanding. But there are dimensions of that text. In the world, words of Torah, we would say there are sort of faces of those texts that only become revealed, that only become unmasked when you begin to work on them with your hands and with your body and understanding them as they have these deeper strata of meaning. Um, Adina, as you said, Thanksgiving is not necessarily such a Jewish thing, but in as what Rav Moshe Feinstein famously said, Thanksgiving with a capital T isn't such a traditionally Jewish holiday, but Thanksgiving with a lowercase t, the act of giving thanks, is a hugely Jewish value, and it's everywhere you look. It's throughout the liturgy. It's perhaps one of the great motifs of Hanukkah. It's all over the holiday liturgy, and it's there at the heart of our liturgy on a daily basis. And we'll see several of those texts today. Um, so it's a discussion in the Talmud starting in the Mishnah about the blessings that we say over things that are difficult, just as we say blessings over things that are wonderful. It's a difficult section of the Talmud, but it's one that reveals a deep thrust within the rabbinic imagination in which everything comes from God and acknowledging where we are and who we are and what confronts us is the beginning of religious life. So in source one, you have it there from Mishnah Brachot, Devar Acher, it's a series of teachings on Bechol Me'odecha. Is it thinking? Mm -hmm. Sorry, I moved it, now it. 
you want to, you can read and then we'll hopefully it'll... okay so behold meodecha with all of your might understood in this section it's from the shema of course um behold mida umida shu moded lacha have mode lo bimeod meod with each and every measure that god meets out to you acknowledge or thank god mightily bimeod meod Nachmanides talks about hidden miracles and revealed miracles, and the revealed miracles are only there to tell you about the, the hidden miracles, which are the workings of technology. <laughs> Good. So in a text like this, I think the acknowledgement here, and you'll forgive me, the acknowledgement is like we're surrounded by things that are complicated, and the way that we map those out or the way that we confront them is by mode, by just saying, this is what's in front of me. I see it. I see it for what it is. And I relate to it, that everything that is thrown my way, each and every measure that is meted out to me, I try to honestly and earnestly confront it. So that's acknowledgement. That's the hodot as a kind of acknowledgement of that which lies before us. The second source, um, I would say this is one of my favorites, but I really like all the sources today. This, this is another one of my favorites, is the blessing that we say on rain. So the Gemara is going through a lot of different things that we say blessings on. And the answer here, the question is, what do we bless on rain? What's the blessing that's recited um, when rain begins to fall? Modim anachnu lach al kol tipa utipa shehoradata lanu. Thank you, God, for each and every drop, for each and every drop of rain, not even the collective nature of rain, but each and every drop is an expression of blessing. Then it goes on, I'll let you read it on your own, to talk about the insufficiency of human beings of ever being able to extinguish the possibilities of gratitude, even if we were filled to the brim with this expression of gratitude, it wouldn't yet fulfill totally what we owe to the divine, what we owe to the world around us. And we, we express that through calling God rov haodaot, right? And then the Gemara says, do we just thank God a lot, rov, abundantly? Shouldn't we thank God totally for everything? And the Gemara says, yeah, Taka, you're right. We should thank God for everything and so this is one of the very few places in the Gemara where there are these two liturgies given, and they don't seem to say the same thing. And the editor of the Gemara says, these are both so awesome, we have to say them both. If you look this up in the Gemara, that's what the Gemara says. Um, um, and the way I'm understanding that is, koltipa utipa, each and every drop. That acknowledgement that then leads to a posture of gratitude for the tiny little miracles that fall around us begin to take place and take their place within this greater map of gratitude that leads from rove, abundant, lots of different things to a coherent and cohesive picture of kol. That is the posture of gratitude. Now the last two sources, um, and I'll perhaps talk about these ones outside, you'll see them um, in your short breakout groups. Um, the first one is an, a famous passage from the Abu Draham or Abu Darham. It's translated and transliterated lots of different ways. No one really knows exactly how to pronounce it, but it is why 
why in the um, repetition of the Amida, when the, the one who is leading the prayers begets to the place where you say modim, why everyone else has to bow and recite their own version of the modim as well. It's a famous passage. Sometimes it's quoted in prayer books when we're all sort of staring off into space. We think about this one and then we like have to actually do something. And the Gemara actually says that if you don't do this, bending your back, your back will turn in, your, uh, your spine will turn into a snake. Now, of course, not to cast aspersions on snakes, but at least in the imagination of the Gemara, they are animals that do not, let's say, um, acknowledge and move through the world with a sense of gratitude. Okay, so why is it that each and every person suddenly has to wake up and pay attention to the repetitions of the prayers? Because no one can say thank you on your behalf. And more than that, why do you have to move your body? Because thank you is not just a posture, it's an action. Now, scholars of Semitics, and Ravanit Leah, you'll double check me on this, I think are really stymied to figure out where the word lehodot and hodaya come from. The root is opaque. And there is at least one strain of scholarship that thinks that it comes from the root, same root as yad, as hand. Because a gift that is acknowledged is something that is handed from one to another and it creates a bond, a linkage in between those people. And it's not just a cursory thank you, but it's an action. Now, the last source is being deployed somewhat sermonically. Um, it's about the way in which um, the daily prayer service is ordered. And so the daily prayer service, they're trying to figure out why do the, all the different blessings in the Amidah fall out the way that they do. Now, the Gemara has those in a fairly clear form and is trying to figure out once they're there, what sense can we make of them? But the answer here is, I think, deeply redolent and repercussive. Why is it that we go right from Modim? I'm sorry, why do we go right from Retze to Modim? Why do we go from talking about the priestly service to talking about how indebted we are to the divine? And the answer to the if to the Gemara's question within the Gemara is that service and thanksgiving are a single matter. So the way that I would translate this, and again, it's somewhat homiletical, is that action and thanksgiving, avodah in the sense of pulchan, action, um, service, um, worship, this comes totally, totally intertwined with action and thanksgiving. They're part of a single project. So those two sources, three and four, both point not toward thanksgiving as a posture, but thanksgiving as an action, as a positive way of moving in the world and as a positive way of receiving the movement of others. So now I am, well, actually, um, one of the good folks at Drisha is going to send you out into breakout groups. And your mission, whether or not you choose to accept it, is as follows interview the other person in your breakout group and ask them, when have you inhabited one of these postures? When has this been something that has worked for you? When have you acknowledged something in your world? When have you cultivated a disposition of gratitude? When have you had this moment of thanksgiving as an action? Or, when have you struggled with this paradigm? What is a moment, and especially in the past couple of months, 
where it's been extremely difficult, if not impossible, to say, thank you, or to say, I acknowledge and I see what is before me, or to go out and to make some sort of a positive action in terms of uh, an expression of thanks. So interview the person that you will be sent out into this breakout room with. Take that moment to be present and to think together about these three models. So I think this is something that we should do for five minutes, would you say? So, so half of that time is mm -hmm. gonna be um, one chavruta, one partner saying, asking the other, when was the time, can you tell me about a time that you experienced one of these modes, especially in the past um, few months? Um, and then we'll, we'll sort of send you a little message when, when it's time to switch. Um, okay. So for the folks who are Stephanie and Aviva, um, you're welcome to have your chavruta right here if you want. Yeah. Right. And um, it's so nice to see that there are actually two of us named Aviva in this group. <laughs> yeah. There's another Aviva. Yes. Um, so yeah, I don't. You can you you can have your chavruta right right here, and and the prompt is basically you just can each ask each other, can you tell me about a time in the past few months where you had a meaningful experience of acknowledgement, understanding things just as they are, gratitude or thanking or being thanked. Can you repeat the question once more? I'm sorry. Sure. Yeah. So so maybe. Um, let me see. Stephanie, do you want to ask Aviva um, that question? And you can frame it in your own words if, if you kind of. Sure. sure. Hi there. Um, what can you think of in the past few months that you've thought, I'm really thankful for this? Um, okay. I have a very um, immediate answer. So um, I'll just say very quickly that I had a pretty serious accident. Oy. And um, like it's a few years already, but I have, um, I had a brain injury and because of the brain injury, um, I'm mostly totally fine, but I'm a little bit dizzy all the time. And I get something called cranial sacral therapy right. and that, that helps the dizziness. So I am extremely grateful to my cranial sacral therapist. And are, to you, the, and are, you the, to, are you able to keep doing it during COVID? Well, we had to take a break for a while, but now she does have her office set up in a way that's COVID safe. Good. Thank you. Yeah, but it, I mean, taking a break was, mm, you know, I definitely got worse because I didn't have it for a while, but I'm back to seeing, to getting it again. Well, it's, a, it's sort of reinforcing to know that you do need it, that you're not just doing it, thinking it's helping. You're, now you know that since you took the break that you really do need it. You are so right. You are so right. Thank you for saying that. Really, thank you for saying that. Evie, I think I'm gonna send a, a note just to everyone to, to switch now, okay? And Stephanie and Aviva, thank you so much for sharing. And I, I just wanna mention, because we're in the main room, um, yeah. I think that the way that the recording and the streaming goes is what's being recorded is what's here. So I just want to alert you to the fact that, um, you know, we're not in sort of. You are reading my mind. Yeah. <laughs> so, that's, that's okay. Um, 
Okay. Yeah, great. we are we are in live live on Facebook. So great. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. So so Aviva, do you want to um, ask that same question to to your chavrita to Stephanie? Uh, absolutely. I don't know have, if I have um, all the different parameters of the question. In fact, I know I don't. But um, so I will kind of probably overly simplify the question, but please feel free to expand it as you like. But if you can think of something, um, an experience that you've had where you have felt um, particularly grateful. And again, I, I know I've really abbreviated it, so I'm sorry about that. Well, first I'll say the little recent one, which happened yesterday, and then I'll say the big one. The recent one that happened yesterday is my husband is 30 years older than me and my stepdaughter is a year older than me. And we have not always had a good relationship for 29 years, but in the past 10 years, we've become very, very close. And she's had a lot of struggles. We went to a gratitude meditation on Zoom last night and we had a list of things. And afterwards she called me and she wanted to show me what was at the top of her list. And she had my name and the word next to it, rock. And I'm just extremely grateful for that. Um, the other thing that I'm most grateful for and particularly aware, always aware of, but particularly during COVID is my husband. He is the greatest man I've ever known. Um, an interesting aside that makes me really grateful is um, he's Christian. He was Christian. And three weeks ago, he converted to Judaism after 29 years of being married to me. He wow. felt like it was the right time and the right thing to do. And that, that makes me very, very grateful. Yeah. Beautiful. Thank you, Stephanie, for sharing. Very powerful. Yeah. Very powerful. Thank you. Um, I'm also really grateful for Zoom and getting to participate in things like yes. <laughs> if it weren't for COVID, it wouldn't be invented. <laughs> Yeah, I think it's one of the blessings that have come forth from this time that also my hope is that it won't just go away and that we're able to stay connected. I think that the local turn that many people have experienced of trying to dig into their communities has been great, but now we were able to do this and to gather collectively and to be able to, um, to see people and be with people in ways that would otherwise have been, been important and impossible. I really hope it, I really hope it stays. What's so nice also, can you guys hear me? Mm -hmm. Yes. Okay. What's so nice is also that, you know, Zoom allows you to then be in connection with people from all over the country. Like yeah. here I am in Massachusetts. I, I don't know, I think, are you guys in New York? We're in We're Berkeley. Berkeley. In Brooklyn. Um, and um, so, you know, here I am in Massachusetts and like we can connect via Zoom in a way that, you know, we wouldn't normally be able to. So it, it is really great. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're in Nova Scotia and participating oh, wow. with when we lived in British Columbia, we were active with the Chabad there and they teach the JLI classes and there's one going on now. And it's really cool because it's COVID, we get to participate. Nice. Yeah, 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 absolutely. All right. Um, welcome, welcome back to the main room, everybody, as you are rejoining mm -hmm. okay does it seem like we're all here i think probably great um so welcome back um i hope that you had 
interesting, thought-provoking conversations and got glimmers into each other's um, either acknowledgement, gratitude, or thankfulness experiences. Um, and got to, one of the, the beauties of breakout rooms can be to really get a sense that you get to meet somebody even for just a little, um, a little window. Um, so I hope you enjoyed those chavritot. And we're gonna bring that beginning to think with specificity about the, the texture of modium in our lives um, as, we, as we move the learning um, into the work of our hands. Um, so as we do that, I wanna introduce the way that we're gonna be making today. What we're going to be creating um, are personal maps, we could call them subjective maps. So this is actually a really whole fun um, rabbit hole that I, that I went down as I was preparing um, this part of the, the workshop. So there's a whole world out there of um, thinking about subjective maps. So I encourage you to, to, um, to look into that more if you're interested. Um, but for the moment, I wanna just share um, a few uh, little snippets of um, you know, what subjective objective maps um, can, can be and look like. If I can share a few on my screen, um, let's see, can I accomplish it again? Okay, so I'm just gonna share a few um, examples of um, what subjective maps can look like. So let's see, is that what I'm intending to share? Mm -hmm. Okay. So this first one, um, which is called a map, is are you seeing something that says a map of every city? Mm -hmm. My beautiful. My oh, okay. You're seeing the Meyer Common one. Why isn't that showing up on my screen? Great. So the one that I think you're seeing um, is from Sarah Berman, who is the illustrator, author and illustrator, Myra Common's um, mother. And um, oh. Oh. This is, um, she asked her mother uh, of blessed memory to, um, to make a map of the world. And this is the map uh, that her mother came up with um, in which she has, you know, the collection of cities from her past, Leningrad. Um, I, I, um, I'm actually not seeing it in front of me at this moment, but I think she has Moscow on there. Then she has Tel Aviv and then she has the United States. Um, and then it says in the bottom, the rest unknown. Um, so, so, you know, I think for Myra Coleman actually will frequently reference this map as a way of describing her mother and her own orientation to space and memory, um, as a way of saying, we carry these maps in our minds that somehow, that, that sometimes do not seem like what you'd objectively see, you know, in an atlas, but in many ways are just as real. Um, so I, I think I'm actually just going to share that one because I want to make sure um, that we have um, most of our time for making. Um, so that's just one example of many different kinds of examples of ways that um, in a way that you might not see in an atlas, you can be mapping the territory of your life in a way that's, that's quite real um, for your experience. So that's what we're going to, um, to do today. And these maps that we're going to be making, um, so first of all, as some of the people um, came in, if you came in at the very beginning, I mentioned it is very helpful for this section to have a writing implement. 
of some kind and a piece of paper, ideally one um, at least as large as like an eight and a half by 11. But if you need to uh, make a tiny map, that is also doable. Um, so if what you have is a post-it note. Sometimes it feels like we live in tiny worlds you'll go in the into moment. <laughs> so a, a pen and a piece of paper. Um, and the way we're going to be doing our maps is layering on the different meanings of modim um, to see them with texture in, in our own lives. So we're gonna begin with um, around 10 minutes, probably a little less on um, acknowledgement. Then we'll move on to gratitude. And then finally we'll layer on thankfulness. And as we begin these maps, what we're going to be doing is setting down landmarks um, that, that relate to both space, that relate to emotions, that relate to relational connections, um, and just mapping out the territory of what is the texture of my life right now. And, um, and as we begin that, I want to mention, for me, um, as, as I locate myself in space, um, part of that means also acknowledging and expressing gratitude um, to the Muekma Ohlone tribes that have been stewards of this land that I now live on um, for generations and generations. And so both an acknowledgement of where am I located and then also can, it, it, relationally, who am I connected with? What am I connected with? And what emotions are experienced in those connections? So what I would recommend as we begin this journey through these three modium meanings and layer them onto each other is as we begin with acknowledgement, I recommend starting with the place where you're physically located right now. So that might be your home, that might be your office. If you are <laughs> lucky enough to have an office outside your home at the present time. Um, and so locate yourself where you're physically located. And we're gonna take let's say seven minutes to begin mapping out the territory or the sort of landmarks of our lives um, in space, in emotion, in relationships um, with a sense of acknowledgement. This is how things are. Um, so those could be things that are really positive things. Those could be things that are very challenging. Um, I can't go to visit family during Thanksgiving. And so you might put, you know, a family member on your map and acknowledge, I wish I was physically with them. And so these can be both drawings that you're adding to your map and they can also be words. So for the next seven minutes, we're going to begin adding landmarks to our maps, um, beginning with where you're physically located right now. Um, that situate us with a sense of acknowledgement. This is my world as it is. Okay, and whatever you end up putting on that map is the right thing to be on your map uh, for today. So there's no, <clears throat> there's no sense, excuse me, <clears throat> that someone's going to come around and, and say, uh, these, are <laughs> these are meaningful landmarks and these are not meaningful landmarks. Whatever ends up on your map, um, is meaningful uh, for you today. Um, and as we do that work, what I want to invite folks to do is 
if you end up putting something on your map um, that just, you know, maybe surprises you or feels especially notable, um, I want to invite you just take yourself off mute and just speak it aloud. Just even kind of a one word, speak aloud, you know. I put on grandma on Zoom on my map and then you can perhaps mute yourself again. Um, okay, so as, as we go through the next seven minutes, please feel free to share um, notable acknowledgement landmarks with all of us. So can I just ask a, a simple question? Yes. Um, so I know I have an eight and a half by 11 sheet of paper and, um, and there's probably no right or wrong answer, but I have no, not a sense of how much is gonna go on this page. So as I'm starting my map, like I don't know how big to make the entries or yeah. should I be leaving, you know, so that's my question. Great, thanks for the question. Yeah, so, you know, this, this type of mapping can be done in many ways. It can be done in a very sort of strategic and planned way. Whereas today we're just gonna be doing it in a sort of emergent way. <laughs> um, and so, um, you know, if you fill your map with kind of bigger landmarks, you know, big drawings, then that might mean that you'll have to populate it with the next layers, with little tiny writing or with things overlapping with other things. Um, and so that's really up to you, but we're just gonna acknowledge that for today, we're doing this in an emergent way. So sort of however it comes out, um, you know, that the, there's nothing that you needed to plan or, or structure in advance and there will be, you know, beauty in that. And, and another time when you were doing it, you could do it in a more planned way. Yeah. So as we do this work of mode alcohol mida umida, acknowledging every element um, as it is, um, I'd love to hear just a few um, snippets, maybe a word or two of what you're putting on your on your maps, if anyone feels comfortable sharing as you do it. Um, because also sometimes when we hear what's on each other's maps, we remember, oh yeah, that's actually an element of my life as well. And I, and I wouldn't have even thought of it. So if you feel comfortable, you can just unmute and, and share a word or two with us about what's going on your map. So I put us out in California because that's where we are. And then I put our street because I'm on the street and we're in the center of the street. And there's a lot of activity in the center of the street right now. So I kind of acknowledged maybe we were put here, maybe we found this house for a reason that it's in the middle. And then I just made long strings to everyone that we are connected to, you know, across the country. Because those are the people important in my life. Thank you. Thank you so much. I'm, I'm finding that I'm putting water sources as important landmarks, ponds, <clears throat> ponds, river, a pond or ponds, rivers, and oceans. Thank you, Jane. All right, so we're gonna, we're gonna layer on another layer at this point. And that doesn't mean that we're moving away from acknowledgement. All of these, um, there's, there's a, a wonderful teacher named uh, 
Sariudit Schneider, who talks about in Kabbalistic terms, the spirot are inter-included in each other. So, so too, all the meanings of all the dispositions of modim are inter-included in each other. So we're gonna layer on to acknowledgement. We're gonna now layer on gratitude. So you can, if you think of something that just is what it is in your life right now, you can kind of keep adding that in, but we're gonna now add a layer of things in our lives that we are specifically grateful for right now um, at this moment. Um, and, um, and those can be things related to what you've already put on the map or it can be new things. Um, and those can be drawn or those can be written in words. So this is our, our, our element of with every little aspect, we can notice a face of gratitude in that aspect. Even if it's not kind of broadly speaking a good thing, we can find a source of gratitude within that. So now is the moment to sort of layer on those, um, those uh, experiences of gratitude those feelings of gratitude. Okay, and we had a question here um, <laughs> from Ariel about um, how you can distinguish the different layers. Um, and so it may be that you want to, if you have uh, different writing implements available, um, you might wanna use different colors um, as the layers on your map. Um, but it also may be that the way that we live is these are all interlayered on each other at all times. Um, and so it's meaningful to sort of, in, a, in almost a linear fashion, do the work of layering them on at different times. But ultimately, you know, the map that we're looking at is, is of all three of these dispositions um, existing in the same time and space. Um, so it's up to you if you want to make it clear what the different layers are, um, or if if you just want to kind of proceed and keep adding things. Could I say something? Yes, please. Um, one of the things I have overlaying other things is being Jewish, which infuses my whole life. And uh, even travel, I carry practices of Judaism like kashra and Shabbat but also try to spread Jewish values like charity and being role models in the way you comport yourself and the way you give charity and the way you're ethical when you travel. And some people have never even met Jews. So it's, you know, it's good doing that, so. Beautiful. Great, thank you so much, Adessa. If anyone else would like to share a word or two about um, sort of a, a gratitude landmark that you are putting on your map, please feel free to unmute and, and share with us. I will, if that's okay. I, I am finding with COVID, I'm having the best opportunity to grow and change and learn and add on. I'm having a blast. <laughs> Thank you for sharing that. Is there, Eileen, is there a particular way that you drew that on your map? Um, no, actually, lots of big words. Okay. Normally, I would quilt it, but I don't have, <laughs> I don't have fabric, so. Well, I, I, we look forward to seeing the quilt that will hopefully result from this workshop, please. Um, <laughs> crossed my mind already, funny enough. <laughs> okay, so mine's very graphic. I've got my house in the middle of it. And I've got, um, on my, um, sort of more local um, 
loved ones' houses and my more far away loved ones' houses. But meantime, I've got um, uh, barbed wire all around my house. But then, um, then I put on in my next layer, um, there's a back door to my house. <laughs> and um, um, from there, I've got little green dotted lines connecting to um, each of the other places um, where I've got hearts drawn. Um, and um, it's sort of the creative ways that we have to search for to be able to connect when we can't connect the way that we're used to connecting to the people we're close to. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Aviva. Could you tell me what the title of our map is? It's a specific type of map. What is, did you call it? So we called them personal maps or subjective maps. Um, but actually, that's a great question and, and points to the fact that you can give your map a title, um, which you might, you might not know what title you want it to have right now. Um, but perhaps that's something to think about when we, when we kind of Put on all the layers um, because part of um, <clears throat> the sense of a subjective map is or a personal map is we're mapping this moment as you as you kind of put it down on paper right now and tomorrow you might make a different map that's part of the the reality of this time and of uh, and of our lives and it doesn't make this map any less real um, or any less authentic um, but, but it may be that it has a specific frame and a specific title that a map you make tomorrow um, might not have. Um, so, and I, as we, um, as we you know, put down our, our, our last marks kind of formally in this gratitude section, I wanna encourage you to think about, is there anything that's, on, uh, that's not on this map yet um, that perhaps you know, I, I might not uh, think of first? Kind of stretch. This is a, a moment to stretch. You know what? What uh, kind of is in my life, and what am I grateful for? That perhaps you know isn't at the center, but nevertheless uh, allows me to live, allows me to to be in my life right now. So for me, you know, that is um, the mail carriers who um, seem to come at at any surprise hour of day or night. <laughs> these days and I'm just so grateful when when they send um, sometimes the occasional very meaningful thing from a real person that I know <laughs> in addition to uh, you know the many sort of bills and whatever else is coming through the mail the occasional letter is so appreciated um, and check out people at the grocery store who show up and are willing to be there, um, even amongst all the harried customers who are possibly bringing germs. Um, and so, yeah, so I encourage you to, to, to sort of do that stretch of what might not normally or, or naturally end up on my map, but participates in a sense of how I live in my life right now and how I, how I feel grateful for that. Just, I'm thinking about being so grateful for the booksellers that are still able to, we can order books and, and buy books because that's been such a lifeline. Yes. 
definitely. And for me, that includes our librarians. That has been so huge. Our, yes, libra libraries, absolutely. Access to books. Yes, thank you, Jane. So um, we're gonna, again, not leave this layer behind. We're gonna just layer onto it. And we're gonna turn to um, our third disposition of modim, our third meaning of modim. Um, which is thankfulness, giving thanks, doing actions that express thanks. Um, and so this is an opportunity to layer onto your map either things that you already regularly give thanks for or do actions of, of thanks um, in, in kind of recognition of your gratitude or things that you would like to. Maybe I have an idea right in this moment of how, um, for the things I feel grateful for, I can actually do an action that responds to that gratitude. Um, so, you know, whatever it is, I write a, a thank you letter to my librarian. Or um, sometimes that comes in the form of words. I just remember to thank this person that I might not otherwise. Um, or I pick up trash in my favorite park, you know, could come in many forms. So this is an opportunity to look over the landmarks that you've already put down um, and maybe ones that you're thinking of adding right now and think about how do I already um, do actions of thankfulness um, or how might I want to. And if you feel comfortable, if, um, if maybe one or two people wanna share just um, something from your um, thankfulness layer that that you're adding on so that other folks can can get a sense of what landmarks people are putting on I invite you to do that um, I was just gonna share that I added um, at the bottom uh, either a Sidur or a um, uh, uh, Tanakh because I'm grateful that I was able to um, go on Zoom and um, take classes that, um, you know, keep me um, engaged and, uh, and keep me thinking. How about the thankfulness part? And so I'm thankful that I can, that I have these wonderful teachers um, who have been um, filling my words with, filling my thoughts with light. And, uh, and I'm, you know, uh, thankful also that I have the ability to use a Siddur and thank Hashem that I have uh, both my parents who I have been, who I've been able to Zoom with but not see, um, that they're both alive and, um, and thankful that this whole pandemic happened with a time of technology that we can do these things. Yeah. So, and I would, and I would offer for, for each of those things that you're framing both as things that you're grateful for and then thankful, um, sort of part of what we're highlighting in this third section is a sense of, okay, if these are things that I feel grateful for, you know, maybe not for all of them or ideally for all of them, what are actions that I might do that um, sort of channel that gratitude into um, 
into the world of action. So let's say if you, you know, um, regularly take a particular shoot, you know, a particular class, um, maybe that means, you know, sharing a little snippet of something um, that you really appreciated from a particular class with that teacher, just to say, I just wanted you to know this is something um, I got out of the class, or just thank you so much for the class, um, which probably, you know, uh, you might already do. Um, but so um, sometimes we, we instinctively do these actions of thankfulness. Um, and sometimes we actually need to pause and give a moment of thought, oh, there's, there's another action that I can do that will channel that sense of gratitude into the world of action. Thank you so much, Mary. I can also share while you uh, have the noise in the background right there. Uh, so one of the things that I wrote uh, for gratitude uh, was um, just being really thankful that my husband is such a good attentive listener. Uh, because I think before I met him, I had a lot of anxiety. And I think that some of my anxiety is uh, dissipated just by him being such a good listener and really paying attention to what I'm saying. And um so what I was thinking in terms of putting into action is just uh, making sure that I am also a helper for other people and I do a good job uh, listening, which I can definitely see sometimes that I can improve on, so. Yeah, that's so beautiful. That sometimes the action of, of thankfulness is actually just doing for that person what they've been able to do for you. So I feel grateful to be listened to and so that <clears throat> encourages me to be a better listener, to do that listening um, myself in a, in a more focused way. Yeah, thank you so much. So, um, so we're sort of at the end um, of, of this mapping um, journey uh, that we've been going on. And we've put a lot on our pages, hopefully. And what I wanna invite us to do is to look at what you have on your page um, and just survey the landscape that um, that you've drawn um, as a, a visual description of the landscape you're living in right now. The physical landscape, the emotional landscape, the relational landscape, um, what that looks like in front of your eyes. And I, and I invite you to do two things. First of all, I actually at this moment don't remember who it was, but for the person who said, what is the title of this? Was it Stephanie? I think it was, yes. So um, I actually wanna invite you to do that to think of if, if, um, if something comes to mind um, as you look at um, this sort of bird's eye view of your map, what might be a, a title that I would give to this, um, to this particular map that I've drawn on this particular day? Um, and you can write that, that title um, as the title for your map. And the second thing that I wanna invite you to do is um, notice, is there something that, that went onto my map that either feels like this is really like, you know, the beating heart of what I put down, um, like a really particularly notable landmark, or something that surprised you that ended up on your map, where it was sort of like, I would never have thought that if I just thought this out in my mind, um, that I would have come up with that. But now I see that it ended up on my, on my page. Um, so we'll take just a minute of quiet to, to kind of give a bird's eye view of our, um, of our maps that we made. And then I'd love to, we're just, we're gonna stay in this room. Um, I'd love to hear, um, you know, just a couple, if, if anyone's willing to share 
um, either something that felt like kind of the beating heart of your map um, or the title of your map or something that felt surprising that ended up on your map? I'll go. I don't know if you could see, but there's the great big world and over here it's where I live on a separate little island with my husband. Thank you, Stephanie. I called it a moment in time. Unoriginal, but <laughs> something you said. <laughs> Unoriginal, but real. <laughs> Sometimes that's how it works. Thank you, Eileen. Um, is it okay if I go? Yeah. So I'm calling my map. Um, I can try to hold it up, but I'm calling it Moda'ani. I wrote Modim. Let's see if it um, is visible. I wrote oh, one second. I wrote Modim up here, but then um, down further down, I wrote Moda'ani for the name of the map. And um, one like it's not a well. One question I have is that other than I wrote my parents' address and I wrote in Hebrew, Ima Abba. But other than that, even with the places that I listed as being special places to me, I didn't put any people's names. And um, I just wonder about that. Yeah, thank you so much, Aviva. That's a great, that's a great way to use these maps is a sense of, you know, what didn't end up on my map? And what do I, what does that wondering lead me to, to notice? Um, and, and you can do that noticing maybe on, on another map or, or in, in, different, in a different way. But yeah, that's wonderful. Noticing what's there and also noticing what's not there. Thank you. Yeah. Well, love do you mind if I just say one more thing? Is, um, sure, please. In, in two cases, like I wrote the name of my shul and I wrote the um, place where my very close friend, like my probably my closest friend lives. And I do feel like adding um, their names. The, couple that run the shul and my friend, um, not just like the place she lives, but her name. So I think I'll do that. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, this is also something where it might be that this is some sort of a, a, a map of this particular moment in time. And hi. <laughs> um, and um, yes, I see. So great. <laughs> And, um, and that's where it stays, but it may also be that this is a map that you just keep adding to and you can add another piece of paper, you can add more onto this one, or you can kind of just extend out. Um, so these can live in, in all sorts of different um, ways, either rooted in this moment or as things that kind of ex expand and extend um, outwards in space and in time. Yeah. yeah. I, I really like that. I have two shuls on mine, which I'm surprised that I want I'm surprised, um, but that resonated with me, whoever said that about having shuls on theirs. And like one of them, I wouldn't have thought would make it to the map. So it realizes I still have a connection to that shul. And I think also it's funny, I have a couple of airplanes with like an X through it because I'm not taking airplanes right now, but then I have a bunch of cars on the map. And then it's interesting to me to think, okay, I'm curbed by not taking airplanes, but having, you know, I, I relocated to a more rural area because of um, the pandemic and just seeing how many cars are on my map and how my life would be so much more 
difficult without the car, whether it's, you know, urban planning, a highway system, you know, financially to have a car, like that it affords me so much that it's not nothing to be able to just get into the car. So, so rather than focusing on the, you know, the planes that are not happening, I, I want to try to focus on the car rides that are happening. Yeah, thank you so much, Naomi. Um, can I, can I add something? Please. Um, so mine is, mine is called The Art of Gratitude. And um, I, I do art and that's at the center of my map. Also the places that I've lived. So I still live in all those places, meaning I, I lived in California and in Maine and now I'm in Chicago. So all of that is, is my map. And the top of my map is um, people and teaching art and learning. And the bottom of my map is a large car and all the places I go um, around here and um, the places that are important to me to be able to get to. So, I don't know. It's, oh, it's not going to, it doesn't show. Well, sort of. Mm. Yeah, can you, can you bring it a little closer to the screen? Uh, yeah, I think we can see it. Kind of. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you. Yeah. Any other surprising moments or particularly notable moments, um, landmarks that, that ended up on your maps? Uh, my map ended up being like a map of places where there are people who love my child and can't be with him um, with little like trails of like hearts from those places to like the representation of our apartment. And then like the gratitude that I feel for the people in those places and the love that they feel for us, but also the hardship of like not being able to be with them. And this like time that we're never going to get back. My map, I'll share mine. I don't know if you can see it. It's a little dark in here, but it ended up uh, being a, a flower. Uh, the flower is uh, the things that um, I acknowledged. And then the stock of the flower is uh, the things that, um, that I give gratitude for. And then the roots of it are the, are sort of the things that I also give out and therefore it's kind of like a vicious cycle. So, well, not vicious cycle, the opposite, the positive thing. Uh, so the root, you know, kind of grow the flower and I give and I get. Yeah, thank you so much. And that's very powerful also to think of it as kind of, um, if we think of, um, of our lives at any moment as kind of a whole ecosystem or um, um, organism, then a sense of you know what might the the acknowledgement uh, look like? What might what might that how might that function in the organism or in the ecosystem? And then a sense of gratitude, and then the actions uh, that we do. So so that sense of if we imagine it as a flower, then what's the roots? What is the what is the stem? Or you know also we have a lot of tree metaphors in in Judaism. So what you know forms. Um, the roots are the trunk and, and the branches and the leaves. Um, so that's very powerful. Yeah, thank you so much. Maybe. So maybe we'll take one or two more um, if you're willing to share. Um, it'd be great to, to see and to hear. Um, um, and then we'll, yeah. Um, I, I was surprised at, um, so I don't know if you can see it. 
uh, but I, I started to, in the center, I just drew this little picture of the back of myself at my desk. Uh, and there's all this clutter on and around the desk. And, uh, and then that I thought, well, then I'll go on from there and I'll draw the other places in my home and the other places that I go to because I, it's not as if I never leave my home, but um, here, here it is. Uh, but in fact, I, I drew almost nothing else. I drew the trees right outside. I live in right, right outside my door, all surrounding there are these giant trees. But I realize I feel so confined to this spot where I work. Um, I'm I'm a I'm a congregational rabbi, and I and I work so much, and uh, and uh, and I realized while I'm so grateful for so many things uh, that I just feel like rooted to this spot where I do all these things on Zoom and and. Uh, of course, I spend a lot of time in other rooms and in the kitchen and also, but I was just so rooted to this, to this spot where um, sort of everything emanates from, um, where I make calls from and where, you know, our worship emanates from and where, you know, sort of this is this whole center of my life, even if I do get up from this chair um, and, um, and, uh, that just shocked me uh, because then I, I wrote all these other things, uh, but I, finally I forced myself to just, just draw, draw a car. Uh, but I realized that um, visually my life had, um, in terms of places, my life had contracted into this sort of, not just being in my house, but it being in this one spot in this one room of my home. And, um, that felt very contracted. Um, so with all the, nevertheless, I, I was able to write a very long list of things that I'm grateful for, um, longer than a very long list that I was able to keep adding to. Um, uh, and uh, so that was, that was gratifying, but I was really shocked when I looked at this personal map and saw that everything was in this little contracted space. Um, and then I was able to draw these trees outside my door, but um, I looked at the map and I, I just had this sense of, I've got to escape, <laughs> escape um, this, little, this little spot, you know? That's, that's what it said to me. I, I, I gotta like put on snowshoes and get, out of here yeah where are you located in the world <laughs> no, i'm just in connecticut there's really no on the ground at the moment i i, I think i'm i think the confinement is uh largely in my head too and uh, you know i'm making this giant turkey and there's three of us are going to be around the table i mean we'll repeat it on uh on arab shabbat we'll repeat the meal but uh my husband's a nurse he has to work on he has to work on thanksgiving so there's only going to be three of us around the table, you know, it's, yeah. Yeah, yeah, thank you so much. Um, 
And so, yeah, I, I think that, that part of the function of these maps can be um, in, in that way, realizing not only, as we said, what, what is on the map and what isn't on the map, but maybe what exists right now, that sense of acknowledging, oh, I spend a lot of my time in this one space, and maybe I need to proverbially strap on some snowshoes and go for an adventure. <laughs> maybe I don't, um, I don't have to go to an office or do the kinds of things that would get me out of the house um, in normal kind of whatever normal times, <laughs> non-pandemic times. Um, but maybe that means I put in a little bit more effort to um, for, for my action of thankfulness to be, I not only uh, see a tree outside my window, but I spend some time <laughs> you know, in the, in the presence of that tree, um, you know, with a coat on, just enjoying being, being next to another, you know, natural living thing. So, um, yeah, that's a, a very powerful way to, to use these, these maps as well. Um, so thank you so much to everyone for sharing and for, for drawing and for the inquiry into this moment. Um, that you all did into into your own lives. And also, I want us to imagine, um, you know, we're not in physical space together, but we definitely are in emotional and spiritual space together. And so all our maps kind of are, are, are forming a bigger map. Um, if we could see them in, in one space, we might put them all together. Um, and so there's a larger territory and landscape um, that they all that they all make up in this community um, and landscape that we've formed um, for, for this um, for this gathering. So I want to turn it to Ariel and we'll, we'll, we'll bring our time to a close together. Yeah, thanks, Adina. So I would like everyone to take a look at your map. See what's there. Look at the threads, the pictures, the words. Imagine that each one of those is a droplet each one of those is a thread or a string that comes together to form a composite or a coherent whole. A coherent whole with lots of fuzzy edges, of things that are surprising, of things that are exciting, of things that are scary, of things that are sad, of the complex textured lives that we live, even at the present moment, and especially at the present moment. And as you're looking at it, go back to those three models. The model of the Mishnah and Brachot, Have Mode, Me'od, Me'od, that Hoda'a or Modim is an act of acknowledgement of looking at the world around us, of looking at the people around us, of looking at the things around us, of looking at ourselves and trying to find where we are the second, alcohol, tipa, and tipa, for each and every drop, for each and everything, for each and every blessing, in a specific way, being able to say, thank you, I acknowledge, and I am grateful for this. And that's a disposition. It's one that doesn't happen automatically. And the third model, the third model, is that almost proverbial moment where you lean in to that blessing in the same way that you lean in during the bracha of modim 
and say your own version of the Modim in the synagogue. Lean into those blessings. Where are those moments where we don't? Where are those missed opportunities where we can say thank you through actions, through words, through simply being present for others? The Sfatimet has a beautiful teaching on, um, well, it's actually on the Hanukkah liturgy. When the, the rabbis decided what the liturgy would be for Hanukkah, one line that they included is that these eight days of Hanukkah are lehalel and lehodot. Lehalel or lehodot. To sing God's praises and to offer thanks. And the Sfatimet says as follows, Hallel, we do that often, we do it all the time. Hallel is something that is an act of sort of global or national or communal expression for the general things. It's a set of Psalms that talk about lots of different things. And he says, Hoda'a is different. Hoda'a is something. Thankfulness can only be, um, can only be toward the specific. Kol inyan la'atzmo. Kol inyan la'atzmo. Saying thank you is fundamentally an act of recognizing specificity the specificity of the person, the specificity of the moment, the specificity of the gift, whatever it may be. And it's interesting, we also sort of see this in the halakha around Hanukkah, as we think forward just a few weeks. Um, you know, on the one hand, we say the more people who are lighting um, Hanukkiyot, the better. And on the other hand, you're not supposed to stuff all the candles together such that you don't know what night it is you have to see the distinct candles. Each and every one of them counts. Whether you light one for the whole group of people or whether each and every person is lighting their own. You know, we have three kids who all like to light their own even though it probably is ill-advised from a fire safety perspective, but each one wants to be there. And yet, so we have to try and figure out how can we, how can we give each one their specificity while still allowing a composite picture to be drawn. So when we think about the maps of our lives and we think about the ways in which we experience them, I think the message that I'd like to leave us with is that each one of these is a moment to lean into, each one is a moment of possible acknowledgement, and each one is a moment in which we can cultivate this disposition of gratitude. And each one of those is like a little candle, doesn't happen automatically, but if you lean into it and you think about it and you acknowledge it, then the flame arises on its own. And uh, <laughs> um, and the other thing is, yeah, the act of hoda'a, of leho, the act of acknowledgement of gratitude and of thanksgiving is not simply an act of recognizing what's already there. It's an act of discovery. In some way, the most interesting thing to me off of any of these maps is that which I hadn't expected. For me, Nahum, who's sitting on my lap right now, has been telling us a story over the past couple of days um, from the, a Native American creation myth using music to tell the story of the storm bird and the day bird. You remember that? 
But there's not, there's not a daybird. Right, there's not a daybird, I get confused. Um, that made its way onto my map because that's for me a fundamental thing that's experienced in these particular moments. But like when we started this activity, I had no idea it was going to go there. So think about gratitude, not only as an action that allows us to see what is there in our world, but an action of discovery, of lighting that candle in the darkness. What candle? Depends on what you're thinking about. The heart candle? The heart candle too. Yeah. yeah okay. So, so thank you so much for joining us. And we encourage you, this is, this is an activity we've done today together, which has a particular power to it. But of course, it's, it's, a, it's a practice. Um, it's a modality um, with these three dispositions of modim that you can return to um, at any moment. Um, and we encourage you to do that. Thank you so much for joining us. And maybe I'll turn it to Rabanit Leah to just close out our time together. Yeah, thank you so much, uh, Adina and Ariel, for leading us through this activity. Um, I'm really excited to talk to my husband about my map <laughs> um, and bring this and bring this uh, to, to other places in my life. And I hope the rest of you are too.